everyone. Welcome back to Relax with Animal Facts. I am Steph Wolf, and today I'm going to be learning with you about our furry, scaly, or possibly even slimy friends. And in today's case, we are going to be learning about a slimy friend of ours because we are covering the oh so wonderful stingray. This is a very special listener episode dedicated to New, who wrote in uh, via Instagram. Thank you so much, New, for writing in, for listening, and for your support for the show. I hope that you enjoy um, this special podcast episode dedicated to you. So this episode wouldn't be possible without you, and this podcast wouldn't be possible for each and every one of you out there listening. I am so very grateful to be hosting this show. I get so many nice emails, so many nice um, messages on Instagram from you guys. Um, so I always encourage you to reach out if you have anything uh, to add to the podcast. If you want to have your animal on the podcast, you can send a message to Relax with Animal Facts on Instagram, or you can send an email to relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. Either way is good for me. Um, I just love reading those messages. It always puts a big smile on my face. And um, let's jump right into the next review on Apple Podcasts. There are so many for me to read. I'm, I, I, I'm so excited that we have uh, reviews to read for future episodes. This is coming from Ellie Beard Dragon 64 And Ellie writes... I listen to this when I am doing my schoolwork or just need to relax, and it helps so much. It relaxes me so much one time I fell asleep while listening. Well, I know that some of you out there really uh, fall asleep every time. So, Ellie, you are not alone there. And Ellie writes, Though I don't know if it was the math or the podcast, if I could give it six stars, I would. That's very sweet of you to say, Ellie. Thank you for, for that very nice review. I try to keep the mathematics on the podcast to a minimum because then um, people won't think that um, I can't do basic mathematics. So I usually keep it to a, to a minimum. But sometimes it is necessary for, say, some of you out there who um, don't do pounds or kilograms, you know, inches rather than centimeters or, you know, things like that. So I like to make sure that everybody uh, listening to the podcast can, you know, can understand the facts rather than having to search them up and figure them out. Um, so I'm glad that, um, that the mathematics possibly knocked you out cold, um, because I can tell you that in grade school, it did very much the same thing to me. If you want to help the show and support the show in its growth, you can, uh, leave a five-star review like Ellie did. It is so much appreciated, uh, but more importantly, it it uh, ensures that maybe more people will be able to find the podcast and to relax right alongside us. 
So before we get into the show, I just have one quick announcement um, that for the past little bit, I have been working on an audio course which will be uh, made live very close in the future. Uh, the audio course will be about mechanisms in animals. It is still relaxed with animal facts, but instead of focusing on a specific animal each episode, I will focus on a specific mechanism that is used um, by a variety of animals and it's a, a lot more of a structured um, solid kind of course there uh, definitely a different format than this podcast but for those of you that love uh, listening to animal facts and stuff like that it'll still be very enjoyable for you so if you want updates regarding the course you can follow the instagram relax with animal facts the second it is live i will be posting it on there so i very much look forward to seeing you guys uh, on that audio course so no more dilly-dallying why don't we get right into the show i'm so excited to learn about the stingray and before we get into the stingray, we're going to do what we always do, and we're going to sort of scan our bodies here. Let's look at where we're carrying some tension. Maybe this is at the beginning of your day, and you don't really feel it just yet. Maybe it's at the end of your day, and uh, maybe it's in your shoulders, your legs, who knows, your back. Um, I'm recording this in the morning, so... Um, I have my chamomile tea here. I haven't really had time to get um, absurdly tense just yet. So once you kind of realize where you're carrying some tension, do your best to just let it go as we go into this immersive experience with me, Steph Wolf, into the oceans and rivers where stingrays reside. I got my facts from Britannica.com and mentalfloss.com. If you want to learn more about the Stingray, I will leave those references in the show notes. So from now on, every time you guys want to uh, go on the resource that I used for the show, it'll be in the show notes there for you, laid out um, in a nice little format. So the first fact of the show is that these Stingrays, which are also called whip-tailed rays, and stingarees inhabit all oceans and certain South American rivers. They have slim, often very long, whip-like tails. So the different species of stingray will vary in size, something that we uh, see quite commonly. Um, a small western North Atlantic species, um, I, I'm going to say the scientific name because I love you guys, uh, the Dasiatis sabina um, is mature at a width of about 25 centimeters, which is about 10 inches, so not, not too big. But the Australian um, D. brevicudata reportedly attains a width of about 2 meters, which is about 7 feet across, along with a length of 4 meters. That is such a big difference and i didn't know there were stingrays that were that large that is a little bit larger than what i would think the round stingray will be considerably smaller the largest uh, getting a length of about 75 centimeters and these round stingrays have relatively short tails 
and well-developed tail fins, and they will be found in the Pacific and Western Atlantic Oceans. Stingrays will inhabit warm, temperate, and tropical waters, sometimes in a very great abundance. They are bottom dwellers, or bottom feeders, I think they can also be referred to as, and they will often lie partially buried in the shallows. They will eat worms, mollusks, and other invertebrates, sometimes badly damaging valuable shellfish beds. But they are not too concerned about the shellfish beds. They just want some of those invertebrates in their bellies. So the stingray is definitely not an animal that we want to accidentally step on because they have um, these tail spines that can cause seriously uh, painful wounds that uh, if they are to pierce the abdomen or somewhere uh, like that, it may even result in death. We will get specifically into how the stingray isn't exactly a very aggressive animal, but it is very, very well known for the death of one of the animal uh, world's most cherished individuals, Steve Irwin, who I personally loved to watch when I was a kid. But we'll get more into that in just a minute. Let's focus on some of the maybe brighter aspects of the stingray. And before we get into that, I'm just going to take a quick drink of my tea here. For those of you that are still wide awake and want to drink right alongside me, I am drinking, again, a chamomile tea with some real nice honey. I can tell you that this honey is some of the best that I've tasted. We got it from a farmer's market quite a long time ago, and it seems as though I might have waited just a bit too long because now that tea is not as hot as I'd like it to be. Anyways, this is not about chamomile. This is about the stingray. So the stingrays are fish, though they may not resemble the uh, finned friends in your fish tank at home or your aquarium, stingrays belong to a group of fish called elasmo branches. It is either elasmo branches or elasmo branks. I'm not exactly sure what the correct pronunciation is, but there are around 200 different stingray species in total and that will account i suppose for these many differences in size and in weight and things like that i think it is always cool to see what researchers um, attribute to their evolutionary history stingrays and sharks belong to the same group of very cartilaginous fish meaning that they have a lot of cartilage instead of bones they're supported by skeletons of cartilage. And like sharks, stingrays use sensors called ampullae of Lorenzini to sense the electrical signals emitted by their prey. Funny enough, this is something that is actually covered in the uh, animal course that I will be teaching, and it is something called electroreception. Very, very cool. And these sensors are located around their mouths, and they will compensate for the stingray's poorly 
misplaced eyes. If you haven't seen where their eyes are located, it is worth a Google search whenever you have a spare moment. The stingray is just such a odd looking creature when we compare it to many of the animals that we've covered on the show already. According to researchers, fossil records of the first rays date back to the lower Jurassic period, which is about 150 million years ago. By the Paleocene era, just 100 million years later, I like how they say just 100 million years later, as if that's a short amount of time, all major taxa of rays had been established and stingray fossils are hard to come by due to their lack of bones, and some of the only evidence they've left behind are scales and teeth. We learned just a second earlier that they are very cartilaginous, so acquiring their bones for their means of dating through carbon dating and different methods like that uh, might be difficult without that information. Stingray venom was used as an anesthetic. So while painful, stingray venom isn't usually deadly unless they are stung in the abdomen or the chest. And in ancient Greece, the venom from these guys would be extracted from the spines for the purpose of being used as an anesthetic for dentists. So here we see an application of venom being used in, in, in a way that is beneficial to the human system in a way which is very interesting. The biggest stingray weighs nearly 800 pounds. So this is, this is a fact that I would not have guessed. If I was to guess the heaviest stingray, I would have guessed maybe 250, 300 pounds because they just look like a flat disc. You know, how heavy can they be? Well, the short-tailed stingrays, known also as the Dasiatis brevacuadata, you guys are welcome for that one, are found off the southern coasts of Africa and Australia. They can reach 770 pounds in weight and grow 14 feet in length. And the giant freshwater stingray grows to be quite monstrous as well. A fisherman caught in a river in Thailand a 14-foot stingray that weighed between 600 and 800 pounds. It was one of the largest freshwater fish that was ever captured. I'm sure that fisherman was quite excited. And now something that I think is very important to cover about the stingray. It is that they are not normally aggressive. So while having a run-in with the stingray does have the potential to be deadly, they normally act kind and gentle around humans. It is only when they feel threatened that divers have a reason to worry. Most stingrays attack when a diver is swimming directly over or in front of a ray which will block its escape route and accidentally stepping on a ray, as we learned before, is also a very quick way of getting stung. So expert divers will do a technique where they will shuffle their feet when entering the ocean to avoid accidentally stepping directly on a stingray's back. 
So this is why um, the death of Steve Irwin was such a tragic one, is because it seems as though that it doesn't happen very, very often. But Steve Irwin left behind a legacy that is very, very hard to follow, and many of us today can enjoy his work uh, even to now. Um, so the next fact is that stingray jaws can crush mollusk shells. So even though these guys are cartilaginous, their jaws are strong enough to crush the rock-hard clamshells, and the calcified cartilage in their jaws is several layers thick, while the softer cores of their jaw elements are supported by hollow, mineralized struts, which makes their jaws lightweight, but also very strong at the same time. So we learned that they eat mollusks, but uh, we might have questioned how exactly that happened when they seem to be kind of flip-flopping all over the place. But uh, rest assured, they have strong enough jaws to break through mollusk shells. Very cool. Some stingrays move like a wave, while others move like a bird. So most stingrays swim through the ocean by undulating, I love that word, undulating their bodies in a wave-like motion, while others will flap their sides up and down, giving them the appearance of flying through the ocean like a bird. And I can say that um, I have watched footage of them swimming, and sometimes it looks just so majestic. But when they're not flying through the ocean, they are very good at hiding as well. The next time you go for a walk through the ocean's shallow waters, remember that stingrays spend most of their time hiding in the sand. And this is why many of these divers will shuffle their feet prior to entering the depths of the water. Their mottled skin ranging from a light sandy tone to a dark brown will give them a very perfect camouflage for just chilling on that seafloor until a tasty meal comes their way. It will also act as a form of protection from predators uh, like killer whales or hammerhead sharks. They will also stir up some of that sand for it to float down on top of them so they can be a little bit hard to spot. So when you're walking on the seafloor, be a little bit careful and maybe shuffle your feet just like some of the expert divers do. I certainly will in the future if it ever comes to it. The stingrays are born fully formed. And when they're born, they will look like miniature versions of their parents. It looks, they just look so cute, I can't even tell you. They are fully proportioned and naturally good swimmers from birth. This will help them find food on their own right away, though their mothers will still stick around to provide some much-needed protection until around age three or so. This article also mentioned how they look like adorable raviolis. And I have to say that the researchers that came up 
with the scientific names for some of these stingrays really missed out. I would have maybe called them something to do with raviolis, maybe vastus raviolis, something like that. So the researchers are really missing out here. If they want uh, to name a new stingray, um, they can always feel free to contact me. So for the final fact of the episode, we always cover the name. What does the name mean? But I had a very hard time finding anything uh, to do with their name as to why they are called stingrays. But um, I can imagine where they get the sting from, um, and they are rays. So I can only sort of imagine why they are called this. So I guess we will just have to use our imagination there uh, when it comes to the name of the stingray. If you want to have your animal on the podcast, you can send a message to Relax With Animal Facts on Instagram, or you can also send an email to relaxwithanimalfacts at gmail.com. I reply to each and every one of you. I get so giddy and excited whenever you write in, so please continue to do so. You can uh, support the show by following it on Spotify, leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which I always read on the show. If you want to help support the show in another way, you can become a patron for two bucks a month on uh, the Patreon page, or uh, there's also a PayPal link so you can donate however much you would like. This is not something at all This is that is necessary. I will keep doing the show regardless of funding, but if you want to help um, help the cost of the show, uh, it is very, very much appreciated. And for those of you who are already doing that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode because I sure did. I will see you all on the next podcast episode with the next animal. Take care.